Welcome to Relationship Psych, the podcast, helping you understand how love turns to anger and even hate. Through the episodes, you will learn how to transform doomed relationships into exciting, intimate, and long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Amber Dawson. I'm a psychologist, author, and speaker. A few of my favorite things are my husband, Grapes, and my adorable little dog, Briggs. Now let's learn how to create a soul-crushing love that lasts. Hit subscribe in your podcast app so that simply by listening, you can learn to create a strong relationship. Arguing and keeping your relationship intact because, oh my gosh, we love our partners. But sometimes in the heat of that argument, oof, we might say things we don't mean. We behave in ways we wouldn't act to our closest friend. But with our partners, they can see the ugliest sides of us. So let's learn how to do conflict like our partner is someone we love. I've got a quote from A Face Like Glass by Francis Hardnage. Wishes are thorns, he told himself sharply. They do us no good. Just stick in our skin and hurt us. Well, whether we call them wishes or expectations, when they don't come true, it hurts. It's okay to have expectations, but they also require flexibility and disappointment. So often when we get into a fight with our partner, where the ugly side of us comes out, it's because a dream, a wish, an expectation we had in our mind, whether we knew it or we didn't, hasn't come true. And because of the hurt that comes from that, it can turn to anger and even hate. And what we do is begin to engage in ways where we want to punish the other person because maybe we feel victimized or we retaliate in order to try to discharge our pain or have someone else fix it. But all that's going to lead to is not only the hurt about whatever the hurt is, but also distance and emotional pain from not having the connection with our partner. So let's look at expectations. Let's look at arguing and what's going to turn that relationship towards sheer disaster. Today, I'm bringing an example from the German-American drama from the miniseries that debuted on Netflix, the TV show Unorthodox. So here we have Esti, a 19-year-old Jewish woman who ends up living unhappily in an arranged marriage to a man named Yankee. Now, a big part of their struggle is when they try to have intercourse, she experiences vaginismus and this leads to a lot of disappointment and arguments for them both. What is vaginismus? Because, you know, not too long ago, I didn't know the answer to this. So it's vaginal tightness that causes discomfort, burning, pain, or basically problems penetrating, which can lead some couples to not be able to have intercourse. And so it's really confusing, can be really difficult for couples when they're trying to get pregnant. And in this case, certainly the expectation was this, this couple gets into an arranged marriage and they would be able to have a child. So they set the scene between Etsy, Esty in her bedroom. Um, it moves back and forth between past and the future. But when we are able to see the, the encounters between her and Yankee, the scene is often set in their bedroom, which is sparsely furnished with two single beds meant for their, you know, sleeping in different sides. And Yankee is to visit her bed for intercourse. At the beginning of their marriage, they lay in bed disconnected after they try the first time. And she asks Yankee to be patient 
Within one week after the wedding, Esty is visited by her mother-in-law and brings some things to help her. Can you imagine one week after getting married and your partner's mother-in-law comes over with some things to help with intercourse? Oh my gosh. Just thinking about it makes a warm wash of shame flood over my body. In this conversation, the mother-in-law tells Esty that her son should be a king. Esty asks, like, doesn't that make me a queen? Shrugging off her comment, chuckling, kind of haughtily looking away. Mother-in-law doesn't answer. Later on in the show, you see Esty bring up this encounter to her husband, like, which kind of makes sense. You know, there's your mother-in-law asking about sex and he says, well, no one knows him better than his mother and, and basically thinks he's in the right here. After that exchange with an edge of coolness and a sudden look on her, on her face, she moves away her plate, gets up from the table. In the next scene, you see them both looking frustrated in bed as Yankee rolls away from her. Basically, he begins raising his mother in the bedroom again, followed by Esty glaring at him. The show progresses, and about a year into their marriage, you see Esty walk into their bedroom. Yankee's already in her bed. She pauses at the door, looks around the room, and walks to a chair in the furthest part of the room away from him. With a cool look of resignation on her face, she looks over at Yankee. He says, I thought you were clean. She responds, she is, and he says, well, come over here then. Looking around, looking fearful, defeated, she says, it's so hard, Yankee, shaking her head. He then begins to question her about the exercises, and she says, of course she's doing them. She tells him they hurt, and with an edge on her vo- in her voice, she says, it doesn't make the whole thing more appealing. He begins to move forward, sitting on the bed with a level tone of frustration, his eyebrows raised, and his eyes wide he explains to her they've been married for almost a year within seconds they're both attacking voices raised they stand and approach each other in the middle of the bedroom she raises her voice in frustration talking to him about him involving his mother and his sister in their bedroom and he immediately defends that they need to be part of this in anger and frustration she takes off her room and slams it onto the chair and climbs into bed they end up having painful intercourse the outcome of this is she finds out she's pregnant. In the scene, she excitedly awaits to tell him, and as he comes in the door, she says she wants to talk to him. But before she can tell him she is in fact pregnant, he tells her she wants a divorce. Wow, what a story, right? And in this story, we can see how this couple was set up for certain doom. So let's break through this. What on earth has happened here? They both had a wish, an expectation of intercourse probably going okay, leading for them to be able to get pregnant. Now, arguing is a normal part of relationships, but what isn't helpful is when we can't get close, we can't support each other. Now, emotional and physical pains are precursors to anger. So, of course, if we have the expectation of wanting to get pregnant, when we're not able to do that, we're going to feel emotional pain. It's going to be fueled with some thought like, they're selfish, they don't care about me. Why do they want me to be in pain? And this is going to lead to anger. A normal reaction to this anger is to cope by either trying to have your partner fix the problem, which is what Yankee does. He tells her, like, okay, do your exercises. 
He's trying to get her to solve the problem by doing her exercises and finding a way to have intercourse. Whereas her way to try to solve this problem is often withdrawing. You know, you see her moving across the room to sit in the other chair. And basically when this happens, when one, one person goes for distance, the other one may attack, trying to, to bridge the gap. Or if one person attacks, the other one has to counterattack to retaliate or, or flee to leave. And so a pattern ensues in the couple relationship. So arguments continue because it's like you've hit a dead end street with your partner. Your arguments are falling on dead ears, feeling unseen and unheard. You search for a sense of control over the situation and your feelings, a feeling that the relationship, the argument has come too far and you can't turn back, leaving you spinning your wheels. You either have to give in or go your separate ways. Neither is the outcome you want. Struggling to restore emotional connection and feel validated, the angry discord continues. And we see that here with them. They both feel unseen and unheard, especially in the scene in the bedroom where they're standing and they get louder and louder as they try to argue their points. If you're curious for more on this or you're liking what you're hearing, make sure you check out our blog on arguing and keeping your relationship intact. The link is in the show notes. So here's the catch. What we don't see from Yankee Nasty is doing conflict with your partner like they are someone you love. They seem like cool, distant adversaries in this show, not someone that you want to take into your arms and figure out how can we get through this together. One of the books that I have learned a lot from is a book called Hold Me Tight by Sue Johnson. And in one of her chapters, she describes one of the things that's at the heart of couples conflict, and that's the notion of R, are you with me? The A stands for accessible, the R stands for responsive, and the E is engaged. And accessible means, can I get you if I need you? Uh, R is responsive. You know, if I say something, are you going to respond to me? Are you going to let me know that you're listening? And engage is, can we be on the same team? Now, can you imagine at that initial dinner, if Esty had said to Yankee, Hey, babe, I was really frustrated when your, when your mom came to me. And I really wish that you and I could deal with these things behind closed doors. And if he was able to say, ooh, yeah, I bet that could have been embarrassing. Ooh, how can we handle this together in the future? How this whole exchange about having intercourse could have been different between them. But instead, they both have a hard time talking about it. Instead, they both defend their positions. They can't vulnerably share, at least in that moment, what is happening for them. So here's the thing. When we're feeling that hurt, when we're feeling that anger because our expectations have been broken, if we can do conflict like our partner is someone we love, if Esty could start with, babe, I want to talk to you about something or a wink or a smile, you know, when it doesn't come off with an edge or an air of cool distance, Maybe our partner can figure out how to be there for us. And if we can soften how we start the argument, maybe our partner can find a way to approach it and be there with us. Because here's the thing about an argument, not every weak point needs to be countered and not every shot needs to be on target. Slow down. Let's restore some calm to our bodies some peacefulness to our minds and think about what are your partner's core needs here? If you think about Esty, Her core need was probably to not be in pain, to have someone be on her side and understand her point of view. If you think about Yankee, it's, you know, having that child, probably being able to have intercourse and living up to expectations. And so 
how could they, you know, call a ceasefire and talk to each other like they were close friends, like they were a team, you know, maybe Yankee could say when she brought it up, I felt attacked when you brought up my mom in the way you just did. Could you say that in a softer way? Or maybe as Yankee's talking about if she's doing her exercises, Yankee could say, oof, sorry, I got heated. If I rephrase that, can you listen? Or maybe Esty could say, you know, I really want us to cool off and look for a reasonable solution. Are you willing to do that with me if we can take this down a notch? You know, how do you do conflict with that person that you love so that it's not this shot for shot, jab for jab, runaway game? Solutions are met in finding new ways to have our core needs met. And so in this exchange, although I didn't bring it up earlier, they talk a little bit about IVF. Could you imagine what could happen if this couple was able to sit down and say, yeah, we can work on sex, but maybe there's other ways to have our needs met here. Who knows what it would have been, but it's for that couple to figure out the unique solution for them if they can figure out what they both need. No, Esty doesn't want to be in pain. She doesn't want her mother-in-law and her sister-in-law in their bedroom with them. And Yankee wants to have this need fulfilled of having the child, probably being able to have intercourse. How can they do that together? How can they find out a unique way to come into this where it feels safe? Because we're all going to come into relationships with ideals, wishes, expectations. That's okay. But with every wish can come disappointment. So be ready for it. I think expectations is okay. It's how do you learn flexibility and learn problem solving and figure out how do you work with another person who has an entirely different set of expectations, wishes, and ideals? Because at some point, every partner, no matter how amazing they are, will let you down. It's how do you compromise and how do you talk to them like they are someone you love? How do you work at that art of making it work? And when, in one of those final scenes, you know, well, not one of the final scenes, the, the show goes on longer and longer. I found one of the final scenes in their marriage anyways, where Esty is so excited and wants to tell Yankee that she is pregnant. And before she has the chance, he says he wants a divorce. We see that they can't talk about it. They can't talk about what's lying beneath their hurt, their fears, their pain, their broken expectations. And so they end up being estranged. And so it's for all of us to think about what is the next right thought or action that could allow us to talk to our partner like they are someone we love so we can argue and keep our relationship intact. Thank you for tuning in to Relationship Psych, the podcast put on by Ember Relationship Psychology. If you're looking for more free relationship help or advice that comes straight from the couple's therapy room, check out the free resources and the blog at www.emberrelationshippsychology.com.